You're listening to the No Hacks Marketing Podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into online marketing topics covering search, content, CRO, social, and performance optimization to help you level up your marketing. No hacks, no shortcuts, only long-term success. Here are your hosts, Slobodan Manich and Katherine Cambau. Welcome to a brand new episode of No Hacks Marketing Podcast. Today, we're talking about great content, the difference between an empty template and a thriving website. And to talk about this, I have a great guest for you, Nick Jordan, CEO and founder of Content Distribution, a remote-based content-focused SEO agency. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to have you on. Hey, thanks a lot. I've been looking forward to this all week. In the last couple of years, we've published more than 10,000 pages of content, and we currently have over 250,000 page one keywords. So excited to share what I've learned along the way. That is very impressive. That is very impressive. So let me, let me jump on to a different topic. What's your favorite Serbian food? Oh man, it's got to be the the Shopska. I think oh, wow. yeah. Greek salad, you got the Caesar salad. The Shopska could be bigger than both of them. I think you just need Novak to do a little PR tour and you guys could be a major salad exporter. I, I hope to hear that someday. And by the way, for our audience, the reason I'm asking is because Nick is in Belgrade, Serbia at the moment and his team, his remote-based team is mostly in Belgrade, Serbia. So yeah, we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. So let me ask you, how did you end up in content-focused SEO in that field? It's kind of a crazy story. I was like a SaaS sales guy in early stage startups for my entire career. And I looked at my skill set and I said, hey, I want to I be a startup founder. I'm best served by marketing, not sales. And so I took a 80% pay cut to go sell SEO because I knew I'd learn it. And that was six years ago. So I'm five years into my six years into my five-year plan to learn SEO and then use it for marketing for my SaaS. How's it going? How's the plan going? Uh, it's always <laughs> slower than you think. Always. Uh, it's always slower than you think. But I did it. Workello.com, we launched a year ago. We're now getting 10,000 visitors a month from SEO and signups every week. So the plan worked. That is, that, that's amazing. That's impressive. So besides content, since you're content-focused SEO agency, and we'll talk about content the entire episode, what is the most important thing for SEO or in SEO world right now? I, it's it's got to be content. It's besides be- content. <laughs> <laughs> which is unfortunate for a lot of the SEOs out there who would more be more comfortable managing 301 redirects and Google search console issues. Content is inherently difficult because it, it relies on people and people are that that that's a great diplomatic answer, but I agree with that a hundred percent. Is that is that because Google is kind of growing up and able to understand content in a better way? So you can't trick it with meta keywords and descriptions and, and redirects and all that stuff? Yeah, think about this. So it's 2022. And if you look at every major social platform, they're all using user engagement metrics to influence visibility within their platform. So YouTube does CTR and watch time. Instagram does likes and comments, same as TikTok, same as LinkedIn, same as Facebook. And so it would be crazy if Google was sitting over here as the world's most innovative big data company that also owns Google Analytics, Chrome, and Android is watching all the major platforms use UX metrics and not do it themselves. And the the biggest impact of UX metrics is going to be the content. It's going to be the content. That's the number one influencer on UX metrics. So, so, so the helpful content update that, that was rolled out recently, is that about these metrics? I think that I think the helpful content update was related to AI content and trying to get rid of okay. the spam. You just saw Jasper, they announced their $1.5 billion valuation, they have something like, I don't know, mil- literally millions of signups and customers. This is a trillion dollar problem for Google. 
the AI. No, uh, the, 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 so, so it's actually it's about killing the bad one, the bad content, identifying the non-helpful content. I, yeah. I think it's I think it's related to killing low-quality, unhelpful content. Yep. Yep. Ultimately, the way that we approach SEO is we think we believe that Google wants to treat their users well. And we believe if we can treat Google's users better than any other website Google could show for the keywords that we want to rank for, Google will reward us continually for that. And we've been able to survive all of the algorithm updates without being penalized because of that North Star metric. How can we service Google's users better than any other website Google could put in our place? Well said. And also Google's users become your users. So you're not really, in the beginning, you're focusing on, on helping Google not get embarrassed by sending users to a bad website, but then when they get there, you want to retain those users, keep them. Absolutely. So uh, what exactly, we're talking about content at scale. How would you define content at scale? Like where's the, the limit between not scale and at scale? I think there's levels to this game. 20 pages a month is better than 90% of SEOs and brands. 20 pages of high-performing content a month can bring you to hundreds of thousands of organics in, in a year. I've done it multiple times. But 40 pages a month is better than 20 pages a month. And 100 pages a month is better than 40. And so really, I think once you get to 20, you're doing a great job. And then you just want to keep on pushing forward. Okay, so so if you're doing five, but every month, that's not really a scale. That's not really going to... I mean, it's, going to, it's better than zero still. But it's better it, than zero. Yeah, and yeah. I've taken a project to 50,000 organics a month with 70 pages. So you can still create impact. Typically, what you want to do is you want to make the investment and then you want to increase the investment as you get data in that it's a successful investment. So okay. start on five, 10, and then... Got it. But but more more you dive into that, faster you'll get results, right? Is that that's how it normally works? A hundred percent. The biggest bottleneck isn't how long it takes to rank. It's the fact that there are 5,000 ways to get in front of a qualified audience who's willing to give you money and your idea sitting on your content calendar for six years. <laughs> if, okay. if you have a thousand opportunities to get in front of people who will give you money and you publish 10 pages a month, it'll take you eight years to be everywhere your audience is today. Okay. So it's really about being everywhere where you need to be as soon as possible. Like as soon as possible. Yeah. You can't rank for keywords until you have a page about those keywords. So get it out the door, start the rankings clock, countdown timer. Got it. And and what's the biggest issue with content creation? What's stopping? You said if you do 20 a month, you're better than 90% of SEO people. What's stopping the 90% of people from doing so more? There's uh, there's two things. The first is, and maybe even a third. So the first is documentation. You can't hold people accountable to doing something in a specific way unless it's written down. If you There's too much variability between writers and editors. There's too many people who are going to work on the project. And it's a lot of documentation to create. Literally everything that you want done repeatedly and consistently across the entire content production lifecycle, which is like 20 discrete steps needs to be documented. So anyone can do it the same way every time. And that's a lot of work. The second thing you need is people who care. And like my, my, my SEO team, my content team, they don't care about SEO. They're all language nerds. They have master's degrees in, in English literature. They, they taught English. They, they just love to play in language and grammar and spelling. And I think that's so important because in content writing, every word is a liability to mess something up. So the only way you can prevent ship content with zero errors across hundreds of thousands of liabilities a month is if people care. That makes sense. Awesome. What's the third thing? I would say empathy. Like a lot of people just don't like, for whatever reason, they have zero EQ and they just don't understand what helpful content is. If you don't understand mm -hmm. your audience 
and what they need to know next and kind of what they're the challenges they have while they're making the search, then you're, you're just unable to create content that resonates and engaging. And that's very similar because I did a, quite a lot of conversion rate optimization work. That's very similar to, to CRO. You need to understand yeah. what the use, what user needs and what they're looking for. If you want to raise the conversion rate or increase signups, whatever, whatever is you're working on. So be I'm gonna, putting, yeah. I'm going to tease my rant at the end of this thing, but I think SEOs are the only marketers that consistently don't have empathy. Because SEO is about, it's about the users. Like we all know it's about getting the users to decide, but at its core, like the, the idea most people have, it's about pleasing a machine or that's yeah. very wrong. It's about making Google happy. Let me put it that way. So I, I guess that's why there's less empathy than, than in other fields maybe. It's crazy. Like email marketers, you wouldn't find this lack of empathy. Right. Like fa like Facebook ads guys, like, like it's just the SEO guys. Yeah, I think it goes back to, to the early days of SEO. Where I'll, I'll save the rest of my rant for... Uh, yeah, for we, we, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Don't worry about it. So let's talk about when, when you're getting started, you need to do keyword research. With, with any content program, with any content creation program, you need to do some keyword research. And and you, I read a, a, an article that you have on, on workhello.com, a case study from zero to 1.5 million organics a month. And you talk about, number one, you say, let, let's talk about this. You say everything about SEO is a lie. So uh, I will give you 30 seconds to explain that. Yeah, every, everything most people know about SEO is a lie. People think it's heavily dependent on backlinks and like praying to the Google gods and technical BS. And I've been able to consistently take websites from zero to 100,000, the biggest going to zero to 1.5 million organics a month without doing any of that. There's no praying to the Google gods. I don't build backlinks. I don't even know how to build backlinks. And, I, and I'm not very technical. If, if I can't click a button in a WordPress plugin, I can't do it. And despite all of my shortcomings, I've been able to consistently make this, this content-focused SEO approach work again and again. That is a great 30-second explanation of why everything about SEO is alive by Nick Jordan. So keyword research, that, that case study talks a lot about keyword research and cluster AI, a tool that you have developed, right? And then that yeah. you use for, yeah. for, for keyword research. What can you yeah. tell me about that? Keyword research is broken. When you're creating your keyword list in Ahrefs, Ahrefs is going to be like, we found 37,000 keywords representing 10 million searches a month. And you're just like, okay, well, the next step is to start figuring out how many pages of content to rank for all those keywords. And it's a very manual process. It's done from the gut. It's tedious. And every SEO does it differently. There's too much variability between person to person. So SEO is the last thing they do. They'll delegate everything except for keyword research because it's too hard to explain. Well, that's a problem for someone who publishes 10,000 pages in the last year. Our whole company would be... SEO is doing keyword research if we weren't able to figure out a better way to do it. So we created this tool called Cluster AI, and basically you just build your list in Ahrefs, and then that's it. You're done. You dump it into Cluster AI, and what you get back is a list of every single topic that you'll go on to create with that list of keywords. And it's sorted by the main keyword, all the variations of the main keyword, and the total search volume that the page can target. And so now when you're evaluating opportunities, you're doing it from a place where one, an algorithm chose which keywords go where. So there's no more variability, but two, you also now see your entire three-year content calendar. And so when you make content calendar decisions, you're doing it from the context of literally knowing everything you'll ever publish over the course of the campaign. And Cluster AI, is this a tool that anyone can use or is it only for content distribution clients? 
We have over 4,500 SEOs using it. Mayo Clinic signed up last week. Beehive's a customer. De- Deal's a customer. We we work with a lot of big brands with Cluster AI. That That is very, very impressive. I'll put the link to, to Cluster AI page in the description. It's content distribution page that talks about Cluster AI, yeah. right? Yeah. So backlinks. You talked about backlinks. You mentioned backlinks and, and why you don't agree with the need for backlinks. So are they completely useless or are they, you have to do this first before you worry about backlinks? Yeah. So I, I have this like zero to 1.5 million, no backlinks, no technical BS headline. And it's because like it, you can't put nuance in there. So it is a little bit nuanced. What I've seen is that projects with a lot of authority, the SEO campaign's a lot easier. It's just the content ranks quicker. It's like easier to rank. It happens. Everything happens faster. Um, but with that said, I've still taken a DR9 website that started at DR0 to 100,000. I've taken a DR30 to 100,000. I've taken a DR35 to 100,000. I've taken a DR40 to 100,000. And I didn't build any new backlinks throughout any of these campaigns. And so I think that it's very possible to just, you can use whatever already exists when you start doing SEO. And I think normal, good brand marketing will naturally accumulate backlinks by going on podcasts, by doing guest posts on your friend's website, by doing sponsorships, by like normal brand marketing should accumulate the amount of backlinks you need to be successful. So basically you're creating the content that's going to be backlink worthy, that that's the order you're doing it in versus... It happens, but like also like there's this whole marketing initiative at the companies I work with that isn't related to SEO and those Mm. naturally create the backlinks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But just to recap this section, good content with with backlinks is not as good as incredible, great content with few or no backlinks. Everything that I've seen says that's correct. Okay. And and you you talked about Google owning analytics and Chrome and Android and and UX metrics and everything. So... When you think about it that way, if everyone, if Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, everyone does it that way, measures those metrics, like why wouldn't Google do that, right? Let me let me give you an analogy. Let's say we're looking at two pieces of content and it's in an alien language. It's in Klingon and neither of us speak Klingon. And all we can see is the user engagement metrics in English. And this page has 10 minutes on, pi- on site, it has 10 pages visited, and it has a 1% bounce rate. And then this one, this one has a, a 50% bounce rate. It has one minute time on site and like 1.1 pages visited per session. Oh yeah, and it has 50 backlinks. Even yeah. without knowing what the content says, if it's about the same topic and this one has 10 minutes on site, this one's gotta be better. Like, like it doesn't matter how many backlinks this one has if this one has such better user engagement metrics. And so like intuitively Google like will just do it. Right. And, and and we know this is what Google cares about. Google does not want to send you to the first result and then you have to go back and go to the second yeah, one. They want yeah, you to exactly find right. it. Right. It makes yeah. sense. I mean, it, 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 if they have access to these results and they absolutely do because everyone is sharing their data with Google using Google Analytics, that's a different topic. Like, should you do something like that or not? Should you go for a, for a better, more privacy-focused analytics product? And we talked about that on the podcast in the past. But yeah, metrics really are, I mean, it, they're the future of ranking everything, not, not just SEO, ranking yeah. anywhere. So it makes a lot of sense. Technical BS, I, I need to I need to know about that. Like what's technical BS to you? My background is technical. So, so you know, let's keep it civil. <laughs> All right. So I tried to get into SEO twice. And the first two times I focused on like 
not content, everything but content. I focus right. on issues, I focus on technical stuff. How do I like do this weird thing on WordPress? And ultimately, I never got far enough into SEO in order to continue it as a career. So I had to drop it and then go do my sales thing, which I told you I did for like 15 years. Uh, that had a huge impact. I'd be a lot further along if it had stuck the first time 10 years ago or the second time eight years ago instead of the third time five years ago. I can, what's a good way to put it? Okay, technical SEO has very low leverage if you don't have a big footprint in the SERPs. If you have 10,000 pages, any technical SEO you do will go across all those 10,000 pages that can create a big impact. Most people don't have 10,000 pages. Most people mm -hmm. don't even have 100 pages. Most people don't have 50 pages. And when you do technical SEO on 50 pages, there's just not a big footprint for anything to really happen. So it does become very important as your project scales, but most people aren't at that level yet. Uh, absolutely makes sense to me. I mean, to me, I'm a developer first who did technical SEO as well in the past. To me, technical SEO is build your site the right way so it doesn't hold you back. Like, yeah. There's no optimizing terrible content. There's no technical yeah. SEO that's going to have it. I mean, same thing as you have a race car driver, one great driver with a bad car and yeah. one bad driver with, with the best car in the world. The good yeah. driver is going to win and that's yeah. content. Like that, That's always going to win. Yes, the car is going to hold you back. You're not going to be as good as you could, but but like focus on the skills, focus on the, you know the core. I'd say the things that like are important. And by the way, there's a lot more like technical SEOs than there are SEOs that can handle content at scale. So if you don't know the technical stuff, find yourself a slow but on, and don't let go. Because I found myself a boy in, and and honestly, I like I would have I would have stalled out at five hundred thousand if the technical guy didn't right. come in and and unblock it and kind of fix it. So. The technical things that matter are Google Search Console errors, crawled, discovered, not indexed. You need to be able to fix those. Right. 404s, redirects, you want to be able to address those. Site speed, you want to be able to address that. And then site structure, just how do I reduce the number of clicks to any given page of content, especially content I want to click uh, rank from the homepage. So how many clicks does it take to get from the homepage to the page I want to rank? And if you do site structure well, you can reduce it like programmatically for all pages all at once and create a big lift. And save a lot of time. I mean, anything that's programmatic is going to be fast. And you, if you have 10,000 pages yeah. of rank, like you said, one small change could give you a 5% lift for all of them. And that's massive. That's it's huge. Massive. That's huge. But, yeah. yeah, but I agree with you. Technical SEO and any technical optimization is don't let it hold you back. But you need to have something that would be held back. Like if you don't have yeah. good content, yeah. if you don't have pages, nothing matters. You have a template, basically. You don't have a website. Yeah. I agree. I didn't think I would, but I agree with you. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. Technical, I won't call it BS, but technical is not as important as, as content. Absolutely. I mean, it's clear. If, you, if your brand doesn't stand for something, it doesn't say something, who cares? Like no one's you know, going to read a, that. It's a, it's a resources allocation issue. Like infinite yeah. resources. Yeah. Do the technical SEO upfront with the content. But if you have to spend $10,000 on this technical fix, like the $10,000 is just more impactful when you have 500 pages than when you have 50. A hundred percent. So last segment for this episode is what is the one thing that upsets you the most about SEO and content production in, in, in late 2022? Upsets me? Yeah. Man, I'm going to turn myself into pariah for this, but it's got to be my peers. My SEO peers are the okay. things that upset me the most. And it's because when I go to parties and I got to tell people I'm an SEO, the first thing they think is, oh, this guy's a fucking, this guy's a scammer. This guy's oh. don't have a great name. Like anyone in digital marketing, if you say you're an SEO, like they're probably like, eh, like how many people have you ripped off? Like, 
So why? So why is that? I don't know. It has like, to be a reason that it's not. It cannot be a hundred percent made up. Here's why it is: is because business owners know it takes time, and so like with a cold email guy, you're like, if there's no results in month three, like you're fired. But with an right. SEO, he can be like, oh, it takes time, and it takes time, and we agree it takes time. So like, let's wait nine months. That's the first big issue. I think the second thing is that like site owners and people who are hiring SEOs really do think it's a lot of praying to the Google gods. They don't think it's repeatable. They think like you need special things, like you got to know the right people or something. And and so it's not like a science, it's more of like an art. And I think it's kind of just easier to use words people don't understand than mm. have to show actual impact. Probably those two things. Okay, but continue, continue. Tell me more, tell me more about yeah. what upsets you. I want to hear that. And here's why, okay, here's why another reason I don't like my peers is because earlier in the show, we talked about how SEOs are the only marketers who don't have empathy. I think it's because a lot of SEOs got into SEO because of the, they didn't want to wake up to go to work. They didn't want to wake up in the morning <laughs> and go to their job. And so they're like, how could I work from home? Like from my bed? Okay. Oh, I'll be an SEO. And so it attracts this kind of like get rich kind of people who have never done good work. They've never worked with people who've done good work. They're not exposed to like, I don't know. They're, they're, I, 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 I'll agree with that, but I'll say it's not the only industry or the only area that, that has that reputation. I, I want to not do work. Like I'm going to scam people. Maybe SEO because of black hat SEO and historically like 15, uh, whatever years ago, but you got social media marketers like you, gurus yeah there's a lot of different there's drop shipping gurus let's not even get into that but i think seo was just the first one that, yeah. that started that way but i don't i don't think it's fair to say maybe people see seos as cameras but i don't know i don't I, I, yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure i 100 agree but definitely it does have a bad name from if you're looking from outside of the industry yeah. and the reason for that could be that site owners, business owners are unrealistic unrealistic about what they expect. And maybe the SEOs are not setting those expectations correctly. I have to wait for six to nine months or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of site owners they have a budget of a thousand dollars a month. And like, literally I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do anything. Like that. So like, and that's, and a lot of SEOs will take it on, but they'll do it knowing like, maybe they don't have the track record, the owner like right. is hoping to achieve. And like, it's, I, I say, I do like internet stuff. That's my go-to. So I just <laughs> avoid this whole SEO thing together. Because if I say marketing, they're going to go, what kind? And then I'll like, uh, you ever heard of Google? Right. So I just say internet. I do. Yeah. I work on internet. I have a similar problem because I'm, I would say I optimize websites like that. That's what I do. And like yeah. my daughter is now aged when she asked me recently, like, what is it that you do for work? Like, how do you explain that? Like, you need to go very simple. And I say, I find a website that's broken and I fix it. Like, yeah. That, that's literally what it is. So yeah. yeah, explaining what you do and setting the expectation for the clients, especially like for, for SEO, you need to tell them for $1,000 a month. Don't, Here's, don't, don't hope for, to get any kind of serious results. What I'm seeing though, is that SEO has meant to enter the mainstream and that a lot of the people I talked to in the last year or two are not the people I would have talked to five years ago. Okay. Uh, I think five years ago, it was limited to this kind of like get rich quick scheme people. And now I see, I talk to founders every day of very cool tech startups that I admire and they're not SEOs. And they say SEO is their biggest acquisition channel. 
Okay. It seems like every startup is investing significant amounts of money. And the people that are entering the space are normal and they're well-adjusted and they're fun to be around and they're not scammers. I I, I would say, yeah, historically, SEO was had some sort of a mystic, mystic vibe around it. Like, what is it to do? How do you make it work? How do you make it rank? And And everyone had their own way, had their own secrets. It wasn't really shared. Like talking about web development, for example, it's it's pretty straightforward. You make it work doing this, and if you do it right, it's going to work well. SEO was like everyone had their own secret way of, of ranking websites, and not all were ethical, and some would rank and then drop because yeah. of what you did and all that. So I guess I guess there's there's a bit of that. I I I, I would have to agree, but absolutely not the response I I, I expected to hear the peers. However, yeah. uh, what you guys are doing with content, I mean, obviously that that's not just SEO. That's really like what building websites is about. Websites are just a way to distribute content. It's true. The Nin best and the most popular way. 90% of marketing is, is content. That means you will have a lot of work to do in the following years, right? We'll see how this whole Jarvis thing goes. I'm yeah. uh, following it closely. <laughs> okay. $125 million. They can, they can do a lot. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Okay, so let, let's end the episode here. One thing that you should know from this episode is that everything about SEO is a lie. I'll, I'll put that as, as like the key finding. And don't worry about backlinks. Don't worry about technical SEO. Don't worry about stuff like that until you have content that's worth optimizing and it's worth really fixing those issues for. So on that note, Nick, I want to thank you. I just hope you enjoy your stay in Serbia and Belgrade. And it, it was a pleasure to talk to you and to everyone listening to this episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider rating and reviewing it. Talk to you Thank next you. week. Thank you so much for having me. If you want to see our guides, our, our playbook that Sobodan mentioned, you can follow me at twitter.com, Nick from Seattle. You can go to workello.com and hire great writers, or you can go to youtube.com and type in content distribution and we'll be there. And all the links will be in the episode description as well. So you can check them out there. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to No Hacks Marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you can leave a rating on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Visit nohacksmarketing.com to subscribe.